Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles running game, uh, the Denver Broncos. Well, I, I guess big news in that they are going to be without their official offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, potentially because he is on the COVID list. And then we'll talk about what the Eagles need to do defensively to shut down the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, Chris, how you doing? Not too bad, man. As it seems like with all these AFC West games, man, it's 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 crazy how the schedule stacked up. But looking forward to it, the final one, and then also it's like our final time going on a plane this week, going to Denver, man. How are you doing? Final time, unless the Eagles make the playoffs. Um. Yeah. Nah. But yeah, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> no, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm super excited about Denver. This is like the one trip, even more so than Vegas, that I was very much looking forward to. Uh, you and I are going to have some very good times out there. We're going to check out the bar scene, which I hear is terrific. We're going to check out uh, all the cool sites out there. I love the Midwest. Or, I mean, I love the Midwest. I love uh, the West Coast, but I've never been to Denver, and I, I really. Uh, think that'll be a great combination of both. Um, Remember, so, no Rocky Mountain oysters. oysters. Whatever you do, no Rocky Mountain <laughs> oysters. None. No, I've learned that geographically, there's only certain places where you should order seafood. Um, that said, <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about this week because this week could be a game changer for the Eagle season. If they're able to pull off a win in Denver, it seems like they can only really win on the road anyway, but if they can pull off a win here, then beat Trevor Simeon next week and the saints, that's a nice two. that's a nice two game winning streak. They'll be at five and six on the year. Then from there, they've played the giants and the jets, both very winnable games. If they can go into the bye week somehow at seven and six, They'll have a shot at the aforementioned playoffs. I don't think that'll happen. Um, I'm picking Denver in this game. Uh, But, spoiler alert, and we'll talk about that a little bit later why, but, like, this is kind of where we all thought they'd be. I mean, the process hasn't been probably as favorable as we thought it would be, but it does feel like Nick Sirianni is really learning on the job. I mean, just even talking to him today, he just sounds like he's so much more comfortable in his position, in his thought process with the offense. I'm just curious, what's your takeaway on Sirianni since Detroit? Well, the main thing, I think he's found his groove. I think it, the the main thing, especially with his focus, I know he says he's the head coach and he has to look at the overall team, but he's still the play caller. I think the main thing that taken away is I think he knows what he has on offense now and, he, and he's accepted and he's, and he's building with it. I mean, it starts with that run game and they've, utilized it a lot more and you, you've seen the offensive players really truly buying into it you've seen the emergence of jordan howard you've seen dallas goddard starting to play well and i think this team really has a sense of what they are offensively i mean defensively that's a whole other subject but i think he's really he i think he has a better grasp of the players that he has what makes them all tick and he's getting more comfortable with it and he's getting, getting that experience that he needed to do this year and 
it slowly but surely you start to see why the Eagles were interested in him becoming the head coach. I mean, when it comes to to the way he's connecting with his players, the way the players are playing hard for him still, despite them being with that losing record and 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 down in the NFC standings. So you see the little things that that that's there. It's a matter of, and I think you've gotten to the point now where it's a matter of saying, oh well, he's a young coach, he's still learning. Now I think it comes time to, okay, he's learned he's learned these lessons early on. Can he prove that he's not? that he does not make the same mistake twice over and over again, whether it becomes play calling, whether it's overall game management stuff. So that's why I'm really curious about uh, seeing for the rest of the season. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a learning curve here, right? And I think he has done his best to kind of figure stuff out. It just kind of seemed like the first six weeks, it was like, no, we're going to do what we do. Instead of focusing on the players, the players, the players, the thing he preached from the jump. Um, and so I think when we look back at the first eight weeks of the season, we are going to say, you know, this was actually a learning process. This He's literally shown growth in every game since, I mean, like from Vegas, even Vegas, you saw it. They, they didn't play as well, but you saw the growth in the play calling. And I think he is starting to pick up some momentum as a play caller. Now on defense, you brought that up. I get what <laughs> if we get what both of us understand what Jonathan Gannon is trying to pull off here. He's trying to limit the big play. He's trying to make sure that the Eagles don't have a lot of momentum swings. The problem is obviously that good quarterbacks know where to put the ball, especially against zone coverage. So they're getting like deaths by a thousand paper cuts and that's taking time off the clock for the offense to to do what it does. And so the margin for error on offense is really not that, you know, high. And, and so, you know, that's not playing complementary football, at least in a good way. The complementary football is actually in a bad way for the offense because there's, you know, they've got to take advantage of every drive they have. They don't have a, an opportunity to just miss. And so when they do that and they steamroll a bad team, it all works out. It, when they're facing <laughs> a good quarterback and a good team, uh, it's not working. And I think this week is a really interesting look at a quarterback who is like built to tear this uh, this defensive strategy that they've used the first nine weeks apart. Like Teddy Bridgewater is extremely accurate uh, in short to intermediate range. He do, he's not a super mobile quarterback. He's not going to throw the ball downfield all that often. He's never scored more than 15 touchdowns, thrown for more than 15 touchdowns in a season right now. He's at 14. This is the best start to his career that he's had offensively. But Pat Shermer's probably going to be sidelined with COVID uh, on the COVID list, according to NFL Network. Um, according to Tom Pelissero, as of Saturday, the two options to call this game are either going to be running backs coach Curtis Modkins, who actually had some interest from the Eagles this offseason, and then QB coach Mike Shula, who's who's got plenty of experience as a coordinator. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be Shula. No matter what, the excuse for, oh my gosh, this offense should like rip apart the Eagles is gone. They have three offensive linemen who are not going to play in this game, including left tackle Garrett Bowles, who is one of the most underrated players in the entire league. The Eagles really should be able to take advantage of all the chaos kind of going on 
for the Eagle for the Broncos right now. What's your outlook from a defensive standpoint from the Eagles going up against the Broncos offense? Well, the thing was, we thought this was going to happen last week against the Chargers with the Chargers being banged up, and look what happened. Chargers still played well, but I, I, th- I don't think you can count on those injuries. But when you look at the defensive side of the ball, if I'm the Eagles, I'm just going to load the box up. I'm putting eight, nine guys, and I'm playing press on the outside because when you start to load the, the two things the Broncos do that are decently, they can run the ball a little bit, and they can also – they basically, as you mentioned earlier, when it comes to the short and intermediate game with Bridgewater. And the thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to find some way to get pressure on them and take away those mid- that, that middle of the field, especially if, if Noah Fant's able to play. You don't want him roaming around in there and because, you know, his team's a success against the tight end. So I'm putting eight, nine guys. I'm, I'm walking down probably Rodney McLeod in there. And I'm saying, hey, you know what, Teddy? You're going to have to beat me down deep downfield. And if that does happen – then you know what? You give your offense a lot more time and more chances to come back and, and have a chance to do that. I just think it's at the point now where this this, this soft zone, the, the, the cover two, the keep everything in front, it, it, it's not working. It, 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 whether it be the personnel that's on there, whether it's the play calls themselves, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it's just a, it's at the point now where you cannot continue to sustain this because you're just basically putting – it's almost – Especially when you look at what happened last week, where you know six minutes left in the game, like it, you just knew that it just they weren't going to stop anybody. Or something was going to happen. So it's got to the point where you just got to say, you know what? If it happens, it happens. I'm going to put Slay, Darius Slay, Steve Nelson, Avanti Maddox. You guys play press coverage, and if you get beat, you get beat. Everybody else, we're just, we're just going after the quarterback. And I think that's the best way for his defense to turn things around. I mean, he still makes up the soft zone if you want to here and there, but they need to play more press and you need to get put more pressure on the quarterback and make sure they get Teddy Bridgewater off his spot and don't let him get into the rhythm early. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think if you're the Eagles, you're kind of looking to to force Teddy to think, right? Like Teddy is a guy who can naturally hit spots. He's very smart. He, he he processes well. You want him to take a little bit longer to process. Plus, they've got weapons like Jerry Judy and um, and Quillen Sutton. Sutton. They've got Noah Fant. They've got uh, Melvin Gordon who can catch the ball out of the backfield. I just think you you, you need to go single high. You need to press, like you said. Maybe play some. Uh, you know. Uh, retreat coverage, mix things up, pre-snap. Like, they have to use their imaginations here. What they're doing is not working, and this this quarterback is antithetical to their purpose of this defense. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. On the offensive side of the ball, it's interesting because – the Broncos have given up a lot of big plays, right? Um, And I believe Patrick Sertan's dealing with injuries. Is that – accurate um thought i read that he was <clears throat> he is he has a knee injury he didn't pr- he didn't practice on a wednesday i didn't see the latest one come out i think they're practicing right now or something like yeah, that but so as of now we know that he's dealing with a knee injury i really like this eagles offense um even with the broncos being a top 10 run defense you have to attack you have to show the run i think nick sirianni just based on his play calling, you can tell he's realized, look, they have to set a physical tone. And frankly, somebody must have said something to him about uh, the offense looking like they were soft the first six weeks of the season because he is 
I mean, he has had some statement drives, that 13 personnel drive that I will not shut up about from last week in the second quarter. They ran (laughs) 12 times in 13 personnel, got down to within the 10, then switched it up and they had to settle for a field goal. Whatever. Anyway, um, I'll get off my my soapbox. But I I think they really do want to play physical football. Like they've looked at Jalen Hurts and they've said to themselves, we can't win him with him throwing 40 times. If he throws 20 times and the game is balanced, they will win. It's like everybody else knew this but them. But uh, it seems like the light bulb is kind of turned on here. I really like what I've seen from Jordan Howard. He looks like prime Jordan Howard, like Chicago Bears 2016 Jordan Howard. He's got fresh legs. I think Boston Scott is a very good complimentary back specifically for Jordan Howard. Um and that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know he's good on screens. Uh, he can run outside while Howard really takes – he can run outside and inside, so he complements both Kenny Gainwell and Jordan Howard. We haven't seen a lot of Kenny Gainwell lately. He scored a touchdown last week. But I think they could get him more involved in this game. And then when you look at the wide receiver group, I think Devontae Smith has got a prime matchup uh, on the outside if, he, if Sertan's not there. I mean, even if Sertan's there, I, I, I like that matchup. I think that'll be a really fun one to watch. Um, you look at their safety group. Their safety group is really smart. It uh, has a lot of experience, and they can create turnovers. Kareem Jackson, the former corner for the Texans, he now plays safety for them. Uh, Justin Simmons might be the one of the best safeties in the league. I mean, it's, it's a really good group, but I also think, like, the Eagles – know what they have in Dallas Goddard. I think they've got enough exotic looks that they can show with that 13 personnel, with 12 personnel. Nobody really knows what Tyree Jackson is. I expect him to be pretty active in the the red zone this week. Um, I actually think this is a good game to use uh, Jalen Rager in kind of that Golden Tate role where he's using being used on end arounds. He's kind of being used as a, as a, as a gimmick player. And look, Quez Watkins... We've been waiting for another breakout game from him. I mean, if their cornerback group is not great, look, Mike Ford's kind of a middling corner. You know you can beat Ronald Darby deep. Um, I think Devontae Smith, if he draws Ronald Darby, is going to beat him with technique. Um, Fuller, Kyle Fuller, who came in with a lot of fanfare, has not played very well. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I know I just went on a diatribe and basically covered everybody, but Chris, <laughs> talk to me about what you think this Eagles offense can do against this Denver defense. Well, I think this is the week that you, they've been setting, they've been showing a lot of looks lately when it comes to that. Like you mentioned the 13 personnel with Quince Watkins on the outside, and they've shown a lot of heavy heavy looks or like using Goddard at quote unquote nasty slot like basically having him about five yards away from the tackle and then using him in the run game and just use basically using like either Howard or or, or Scott to run off tackle. This is the week where you start to throw the throw off of that because I really think the Broncos are going to look to try to do every avenue to try to stop the Eagles run games. I think the books out there, the Eagles now, they, hey, if you, you have to stop the run now, I think they've garnered that much respect lately. So when you do that, you're going to create a lot of options available to go throw deep. And I think especially when, when they they showed Quest Watkins out there with the three tight ends, now's the time to go throw, to, to fake it to the running back and then throw deep, take, your, take a couple shots. And 
I think it's important they do that early on to not only establish that, hey, you know, we're going to do that, but to make the safeties think a little bit more, make them stay back about 15, 20 yards, knowing that you have Quez Watkins, Devonta Smith, Rager, these guys who can really run fast, and that should open up things in the middle for a run game. So it, it's, it's going to, it can work hand in hand. Like they, they still have to run the ball early on, but I wouldn't mind this being the week they actually show they, – they, they fake the run early on and then take their shots to open up more stuff around there. Otherwise, I think this is a good, it could be a good game to see uh, Dallas Goddard and even Jack Stoll. I think you may see him use, utilize a little bit more because I think Goddard's going to draw a lot of attention. With uh, I think he tied last week. He tied with uh, Smith when it came to target. So teams are taking notice of that too. So I wouldn't if they do decide to go two tight ends, you may look at Stoll possibly getting some single coverage and may who knows maybe he actually gets open and, and gets a couple catches in this game, but. You're starting to see these younger guys now, the, the guys that we've been waiting for all these, all this season. You're starting to see Smith, and you're starting to see Watkins, and, and, and those other guys are starting to get opportunities now because they look more balanced. And the more balanced they've looked, you, you're starting to see their skill set shine and take off. So this is this is a game where you could everybody a lot people a lot of people make about the yards the yards the air yards when it comes to Jalen Hurts. I think you see that number increases this week against the Broncos. Yeah, and on the subject of Jalen Hurts, I kind of want to do a case take on this, okay? Um, I've seen a lot of people say that the play calling is kind of indicative of how the Eagles feel about him. And I actually agree. Um, If you followed our coverage, you know that Chris and I really don't have extreme opinions on Jalen Hurts. We're still kind of evaluating him. But I think if I'm the Eagles, right, I've seen a lot of passing from Jalen Hurts There are times where he is electric. There are also times where he can't, you know, hit, uh, you know, anyone. And I think, look, Chris Sims came out with the the listing and he wasn't even, Jalen Hurst wasn't even listed in the top 40 quarterbacks in the league. That's ridiculous. I think Jalen Hurts is a bottom three tier quarterback. NFL starting quarterback. He is definitely a starting NFL quarterback, right? I think he's in the 20 to 32 range. Um, And being a top 20 quarterback is fine, but not for the Eagles. The Eagles are a team that's obsessed with finding a top five, top 10 sort of quarterback. And I think until they find that guy, they're not going to stop searching fair or not. Um, And so That's why I think the Eagles have kind of adapted to going from evaluating Jalen Hurts to evaluating Nick Sirianni and his ability to call an offense and kind of build a foundation. That's not to say that Jalen Hurts cannot earn the right to be the quarterback next year because he still has a trial basis that he he's still under 17 games in his career as a starter. So not a full season. Um, And if he plays the way he did in the second half against Um, the Chargers, I think there's a lot of optimism there. I think Nick Sirianni and his relationship is terrific. I think the arrow is pointing a tad up on Jalen Hurts. That said, I'm not convinced he's the guy next year. I don't think anybody should be convinced he's the guy next year. And that's why you see guys like Howie Roseman watching Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Um, Are you kind of on the same wavelength with me, Chris? Well, I think that the whole Howie Roseman thing, I think that was just more of a ploy to, so he wasn't tip, wouldn't tip his hand what his plans are. Because I really think, to me, I'm, I'm, when I'm looking at this quarterback class, 
I, I don't see a guy who could be I, I don't see any guy who could be a franchise quarterback. I really don't. And I think that him going there, there's it was it was a low low effort move. He just goes out to Pittsburgh of all places. You watch both things. Now if it becomes time to say the Eagles get a pick high enough, teams actually have to worry about if the Eagles are truly looking to get a quarterback. Maybe they start to make a deal and they give want to give some more assets. Because I, th- I think I think if he didn't show that he was trying to quote unquote do his due, due diligence, that people would say, "Oh, the Eagles are out." They know the plan and it, it tips their hand. I also think it's like some of these teams know that if they're trying to get Russell Wilson or if they're trying to get Deshaun Watson, why well, I don't know, but that's a whole other story, or another veteran quarterback that's out there that they can still rely go, to go back to one of those young quarterbacks too. I think it was just more of a leverage move that he went out there, but uh, or unless one of these quarterbacks fall to the second round and then they just use a selection because they're not worth that. As for Hurts himself, I, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning more towards the come back for 2022. I really am. Mainly because it, based off what you see right now, I know it's tough tough to say that, but mainly because I don't know if there's going to be any veteran quarterbacks that will be available because it's, you had to look at, is Russell Wilson really going to waive his no-trade clause to come to Philadelphia? I don't see that. Same thing with Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers coming here. I doubt that would happen too. And then you look at that, couple that with the draft class, there really aren't any options. And I still see him improving a little bit. And, and it's little things. It's nothing major going, hey, wow, this guy's uh, is going to be the face of Madden one day or so. It's not, he's not at that point at all. But I look at the little things where you see the intangibles late in games. I mean, that's one thing. That's one trait that you don't see in a lot of quarterbacks. Well, I mean, you can see the physical traits. Well, wow, this guy has a great armor. Wow, this guy has the height. And, he can do this, but when he put them in situations that are pressure situations, a lot of times those guys shrink or, or they, they, their performance seems to go go wayward. And you see this guy, he's continuing to – it seems like he – that's when it seems like he really starts to get better is when those, he's, he finds a situation. You kind of wish that he wish he comes in with the mindset of they're down by seven every game and he starts out playing that way. You kind of wish that. So I still see some improvement. I think his accuracy is getting a little bit better. I see his footwork's definitely – way better than is light years better than what it was beforehand and i think he's the accuracy is getting there still not nowhere near the point where he needs to be but i still i'm leaning more and more to a size that he's gonna be back for 2022 whoa you heard it here folks <laughs> chris wow okay um so let's get into our predictions to this game i'm going 23 20 i just think a Denver winning. I just kind of think this Eagles team finds ways to shoot itself on the foot in the foot defensively. If they can't get Teddy Bridgewater off the field, I just don't know how they win this game. Um, I am now of the belief system until I see legitimate changes from Jonathan Ginn's defense disclaimer. It's not all of his fault. The personnel's not that great. I am not going to pick the Eagles. Chris, what do you got? <laughs> I think it's going to be it's going to be a carbon copy of last week where you're going to the fourth quarter. It's going to be tied up. And then, then again, the defense lets in a, light, a, a late field goal and that the charge, uh, the Broncos win 24 to 21. All right. Well, on that note, on that positive note, make sure you <laughs> sign up for Eagles Extra, nj.com slash tax. Chris and I uh, will answer your, your questions, provide in-depth analysis throughout the game, um, and you can send questions and comments directly to us. Um, and oh, by the way, it's free for two weeks. 
Also, make sure to download and subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. For Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you shortly after the Eagles face the Denver Broncos.